calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is the Frasier podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan. That's me, Anita Flores. Each episode, we have a special guest, and today is no different. Today, we have a returning guest, a three-timer. Uh, she's a TV director and a writer and a certified craniac. Please welcome back to the podcast, Meredith Dawson. Proud craniac. <laughs> made me laugh. Giggle, giggle. Hello, what's up? Oh, you know I love that line, and I did write it down, and I have taken a number of screenshots, uh, or I did take a number of screenshots of my television last night for lines that I was really into. We can get to those. I'll be curious on your thoughts. Can't wait. So yeah, before we get into this third episode of the Fraser Revival, I think I'm going to ask all my guests this. Emotionally, how are you feeling uh, leading up to watching this revival not not necessarily the third episode but just as it drew closer i was very excited you know when it's when it's something coming back from the dead technically which is the dream like the thing you love most is you're gonna have more of it if you love kelsey Grammer the way that i do to be told you're getting more of him what an effing dream so i was nervous i was excited and then be paramount plus because that paramount plus money as it got close to the premiere you start seeing ads everywhere there's billboards and you just get excited and then you see the little taglines and it's just it just is uh exciting this is what love feels like oh i you know of course i am in some fraser uh facebook fan groups i'm finding those are still very active despite crickets uh in terms of people that are in my life uh on on Facebook but in the in the Fraser fan groups people were posting these billboards like ones in Los Angeles ones in Ireland ones in oh England but guess who didn't get a billboard New York City that's effed that's effed and I am wondering if this has to do with demographics or or metrics or something because all we got was like in the subways now they have like a lot of computer screens happening it's not all of the you know old-fashioned I guess we call them now you know what is it posters now it's like 
like changing channels, like, oh, coming to Paramount Plus. And I saw Frasier for one second in the jeans, um, which seemingly is very controversial. <laughs> yes. So actually, at the time that this episode comes out, I believe the following day, the podcast that I produce called TV I Say with Ashley Ray will have an episode out that does uh, cover partially the Frasier reboot. And there is a conversation about the jeans. And now I'm going to ask you about it. Did you see a viral tweet about Frasier wearing jeans? And Of course. Right. Do you feel similarly to that person that it's disgusting? Is it expected? Does it, you know, can can we believe that this is a man in his older age that would wear jeans? Listen, here's the thing. Frasier, we all, the old Frasier we know, disgusting. Jeans, absolutely not. But the story they're telling with this Frasier, have you seen a very rich man? He is always in blazer and in jeans. Jeff Bezos, in jeans. Mark Zuckerberg, but he's not on a surfboard, in jeans. Jeans are what the rich man wears. The somewhat older rich man is entitled to a good pair of denim. So I love this for Frasier. And if you look at the back, I bet you those jeans are like $5,000. That's a really, really good point. And also, as has been established, even more so in this third episode, that Frasier is wealthy. He is wealthy. Mm -hmm. He's bought an entire building. And he's still unhappy, which is like textbook Frasier Crane to me. Before we get to the plot of episode three, I did read an interview in Vulture with the showrunners uh, Mm -hmm. of this revival, Joe, Chris Sali, and Chris Harris. And it's possible that you already read what I read, but I pulled some quotes from it because, you know, they talked about what might have what might have transpired if they had gotten the original cast back together. Oh, man. So some of that includes, okay, for a long time, this is what Joe said, the idea was that Frasier and Niles were going to run a black box theater, like how they bought the restaurant and bought it back to life. But it's hard for Frasier and Niles to run the theater when you don't have a Niles. So we had to step back from that. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Harris said it would be weird to make Niles a new Maris, to which Joe replied, which we did talk about. Interesting. And then I talked about this in my previous episode of this podcast that I wish that we could have seen the funeral for Marty, for for Martin Crane. Mm -hmm. And so Joe said the original plan for a grand funeral scene was cut. Joe said, we saw the funeral in one version of the show. We were still in Seattle and had the whole cast. One of the jokes was Bulldog walking up to the coffin and being very sad and saying, this stinks. This is total BS, which I am picturing in my head right now. Oh, I love that. I know. Broke broke my heart. Um, and Joe said it would, be t- would have been too hard to have that funeral scene and not see Niles or Daphne. If you're going to do a funeral scene, you have to have those people. It would have been heartbreaking to try and explain, oh, Niles is caught in a hot air balloon and couldn't make the funeral. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I can picture all of that. So with all of that, I'm curious, had all of the original actors come back to play their characters, are there any other plot lines that you could have imagined or that you would have liked to write? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many. I love a physical farce. So I always love and would want to see where we are in a new location into the inside and outside of doors, like making it feel like it's real theater. You know, in the Ski Lodge episode, that is something that I would love to see everybody again do now. Yeah, the the if it's the same, we're saying same cast, none of the new characters, just like we're picking up maybe four years later and everything's the same. Yeah, for now. Then I have a follow up question, but yes, go yeah. I mean, yeah, I want to see Fraser on his podcast. 
<laughs> I want to see Niles. I mean, yeah, it's hard to be like, where are Niles and Daphne now? Um, but this, the simpler stories were all the best where you just have one thing that Frasier wants and you just make everyone stop him from getting it. Mm. So um, that's always delicious to me. If like, oh, Frasier might, Frasier's nominated for an Emmy. You know, that's always fun. It's very meta. But just any kind of physical farce is always delicious to me. Yes, I definitely, you know, miss the physical comedy of David Hyde Pierce. Uh, no one does it better. I know these are... For me, mostly unknown actors in this new revival. And I, you know, I know that there is some negative feedback, at least every single review I looked up. (laughs) Which were craftfully written. Oh, craftly written. I mean, I posted one to my Instagram, but I'm going to read a few of them just because some of them are pretty. My favorite one is New York Times, Frasier Returns, Toss, uh, scrambled and eggs excruciating and then we've got another one i think from usa today that with the byline you can't possibly say cheers to this drivel oh god (laughs) i I mean if anything i'm like were was this always uh gonna happen and and peep author critics were just like i it's i'm not gonna like it because none of the original characters are involved and i'm gonna but i'm gonna come up with a cool way to to say it's a dud yeah props for for creativity because you know i the what's fun about these reviews and not fun is that it's devastating when you it's so hard to create television it's devastating but what's fun about that is you know that those reviews are so passionate because the people who wrote them love fraser because only people who are real fans would have written something so cruel and so clever because that is also who fraser is it's true so another thing i wanted to ask you because uh, you know, we were talking about original characters. We, you know, Ski Lodge, a classic episode. I am wondering what that would look like to do another, because you know, this is only episode three, and I and I have done an episode of my podcast called Best Cabin Episodes. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's so great about the Ski Lodge episode, because I'm like, how can they recreate that? They could go to another cabin. Cabins are still around twenty years later. I think. Yeah, but the the hard part that I, as you know, I'm putting myself in the writer's room uninvited and being like, the hard <laughs> part of that is you centered it around work and to get all those characters there is so much exposition of like, why is your nephew here, but your brother and your sister-in-law are not here? Why is your boss here? Why is your coworker that you haven't seen in 50 years? Why are you all in a cabin together? It, it's hard to be like, why are you trapped yourselves in this room together voluntarily? As opposed to, I get why my brother and my dad and the home health care worker who has and my dad are all in this place together. So it's going to be, I, I welcome the challenge, but it's going to be hard to explain why they are all in the same place together. You know, true. But, and yet, I found it charming in the first episode when Frasier goes to Freddy's unannounced and he's like, I want to have dinner. And then Olivia and Alan Cornwall just show up. Which, for me, I understand perhaps with a different point of view that maybe that it doesn't make any sense in my mind. I'm just thinking of it as formulaic in a good way where I'm like, well, this is what I'm expecting from the show. They're going to have to give me the mischievous duo or like, because I feel like Daphne and Martin would often get into trouble together and team up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like though we don't have them anymore, they've got to look for different places to create those like relationships and like, you know, they used to throw zingers at each other, Marty and Daphne and 
Olivia's pretty mean to Alan, so their their relationship is pretty interesting. Here's my counterpoint. If we're, if we're using old version in terms of like comparing why it bumps me a little bit, it's like saying as if we are in the old version and Kenny comes over to just tell Frazier something. You're like, why is Kenny there? It's just, it's, why is my boss doing this? That's, that's the part for me that I'm like, okay, this is a big ass that someone who has hired you and is supposed, trying to be provost of a major renowned university. She has so much free time. <laughs> you know what? Another question for you. Because I know you watch Frasier, but I'm curious. Do you watch, like, what are some other shows that you watch? Because Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> no, I watch other shows, but it, it is almost always Frasier. I do watch other shows. <laughs> do you watch, I don't know how somehow this is going to explain my own feelings about this, but, like, I also watch a lot of, like, scary TV. Like, you know, I love the show Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Do you watch Black Mirror or no? I've only seen the first two seasons. Okay. Yeah, it's a very it's a very dark show. But I do feel it's possible that the kinds of TV I watch and sometimes and I'll watch trash. Like I'm rewatching <laughs> One Tree Hill right now. Do you ever Hey, that's not trash. That is pure cinema. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well then you're an enigma because I, I am curious what else you watch. Cause I you remind me a little bit of my best friend in that sometimes when I watch things with her, she does find the things that make sense and is like, this thing doesn't make sense. And I question it. And often I don't do that very often. I'm a logic police. Right. I am not a logic police. I'm like, yeah, let sure. That, that makes perfect sense. Let's just go with it. <laughs> I'm also the person who does not plan trips. Like if I go on. I'm a, a big planner. Oh, my. This is this all makes sense now. Like mm -hmm. when I, I go on trips with friends, with my husband, I'm the person who's extremely like, I'll literally do whatever. I am down for whatever, as long <laughs> as you don't make me plan it. That's my nightmare. So this is really, this is explaining a lot. This is a trip. I will go on a trip only if I planned it down to the minute. <gasps> oh my God, that's my nightmare. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, with that, let's dive into episode three. Let's. So this episode is called First Class. The synopsis is Fraser begins a new career at the university, Harvard, that is, determined to be taken seriously as an academic, but finds that 14 years as a daytime talk show host is not easy to escape. So yeah, we begin this episode with what feels like a B or, or C plot, which is like Freddie and his friend Jess are like uh, rehearsing for a part that she's auditioning for. For me, this episode personally <laughs> didn't pick up for me until we kind of find out. For me, I thought I was super into finding out what this talk show was all about because hearing them just refer to it, and I talked about this with Alrinthia, was like, do we have an equivalent to Dr. Crane in real life, because we have our Dr. Phil's, we have our Dr. Drew's hacks. But Dr. Crane, at least as I remember him, was like, you know, beloved. And then you see all these clips of him in his show. And I did write down uh, the song, Dr. Crane is going to fix your brain, which, mm -hmm. is, which is stuck in my head. I was also very into some of the segments, including like Fran Fraser Fracks or something. Yes. Uh, they were sponsored by something and then or, or the tagline was I'm glistening. He was possibly promoting a serum or something. 
Tinted moisturizer. Tinted moisturizer. Seeing him be mm-hmm. like a hacky talk show host definitely reminded me of a older Frasier episode that I really liked when he temporarily becomes a daytime talk show host, first with Raz and then with BB Glazer, and I was a big fan of that. So do you find it believable that this was his track, that he you know, went from being a radio host to a then very successful, like, yeah, talk show doctor host? I believe it. I mean, if it was, if it just started out as, I I think there was a mix of Ellen and some of, um like, day, it was a combination that it seemed to me of Ellen, Dr. Phil, Oprah, and daytime, like, news segments. I think there was a lot of combinations of that. If they had started off with, my big show is like this, I would not have believed it, but what I think they did smart is they started off at how it was and like this is a real show and then it jumps to what it is now I did want some line of because Frasier part of why we love Frasier is we want to see him be the moral high ground be presented with fame money sex opportunity and then watch him backpedal so I was sort of wanting a thing of well it started out this way and then they offer you a little bit more money just to do this one thing a little money over there because it seems like it really was about maybe the money I would guess Mm -hmm. I don't think he would have chosen to that I wanted to have the connection of how did you get from where you started to where you end up and I just wanted that one line explaining I sold out and maybe sort of like I sold out and so I think I'm you know if I were writing this episode I would do Alan listen I sold out and it was and it was too late for me to realize so I wanted another chance to make a difference again and that's why I came to Harvard you know yeah okay I would have I would have watched more <laughs> segments uh also I was really into um Albert Swinstein, just as a as a, as Great. a word, and also uh, Margaret Scratcher. Um, yes, that's the name of Alan's cat. How did that land for you, Margaret Scratcher? I love. I am a big pun person. I am shamed for it in my pre- in all my jobs. They say it's the lowest form of comedy. I love it, and I will die on my pun hill. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of. I'm not good at puns, and I'm not a TV writer, but I do wonder. How how long it took to come up with Margaret Scratcher and Albert Swinstein? Fifteen seconds. Yeah, I I'm also I don't know about the showrunners and if they're British, but I do wonder if some British people were involved. Just because there are some British pe- actors in the show, mm. including actor who plays Freddie, and I believe the actress that plays Olivia spent a a long time in London. I'm basing this off of the featurette that I watched that is available on Paramount+. Plus. It does sound like they both have British accents, which was shocking to me. I didn't expect that. That is good acting. That's good acting for you. So we, you know, we don't have Cafe Nervosa anymore. We've got the bar. I don't know if it has a name. I think it's called Mahoney's. I I, I didn't see it, but I read somewhere that it is Mahoney's. Yes. Okay. It is Mahoney's, which seems like a shout out to Mm -hmm. John Mahoney. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm older now, but I am genuinely concerned. You know, he's a – how old is Fraser at this point? Slash Kelsey Grammer. He's like in his early 60s. Kelsey Grammer is 68. Oh my god. Okay. He, that man looks good. He does. You know what? I'm sure the money helps and the designer jeans. Um <laughs> uh so now we're talking about oh and he is older than uh I think John Mahoney was probably at the start of Frasier, I think. I'm concerned about the drinking. Uh did you 
So you did <laughs> not watch. When did you stop watching and just like that? Because this is also something I like to do as a TV watcher is constantly Oof. compare shows. But when did you stop watching? What what had happened? I committed to season one, and then I was like, no more of this. So season one, I gave it a good try, made it to the end, was like, I understand, goodbye. That's okay. That's that's an, that's more than enough because when I saw him drinking what looked like whiskey in this episode, because I was like, okay, we've lost coffee, we're moving on to beer, and then they were drinking. Mm. Then they were drinking what looked like whiskey. And anyway, I'm 36 now. He's 68. I just wonder, <laughs> how much are you supposed to be drinking? That's just, you know, that's just a concern for his character. Yeah. I feel like he's drinking a lot. And also, I didn't really watch Cheers, but I feel like... What? I know. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, my gosh. I need... Girl, you better turn this podcast off and start watching it. Have you seen all the Frasier episodes? I've seen some of them, and I did see the one where... <gasps> I did see the one where... We see Hes- we meet Hester, his mom, yes, um, and she's yes. like nuts. Uh, that was pretty shocking because it definitely changed my perception of what I feel like we heard about her or learned about her in Frasier. And then, of course, the Mamma Mia episode um, with Rita mm-hmm. Wilson. I was like, what an angel. Doesn't really seem to match up with Hester, honestly, at least the Hester we meet in Cheers. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> no, but I forgive them. I forgive them for that because it's like it's too – so much time has passed and you can't live off of that. And you're like, it's more important to tell that story now than to satisfy what was existed. Also, he told everyone in cheers that his dad was dead. So, you know, the lies yes. we tell. So uh, <laughs> are you, like, feeling any – in a good way, anything about some of the callbacks because – like, in this new show? Because there is a callback to that uh in the first episode of the revival because i think i think freddie told his firefighter buddies that his dad was dead i think yeah he did yes he did the exact same thing there were also some callbacks Mm -hmm. in this episode including you know when freddie's like didn't you and uncle niles run a restaurant and there's definitely been a lot of like fraser like it happens in the first episode where he sees under a boston radio station sign at the airport we're listening and he kind of like looks to the side wistfully and he kind of does it this time he does the same thing when olivia's like haven't you ever had a or have you ever had a like a contentious relationship with a sibling before and he was like i might know something about that yeah are you feeling any of the callbacks or is none of that landing <laughs> listen here's the thing i love a callback i want to be rewarded for my hard work i would do it differently like in my head what i wanted is was was livy being like talking about do you understand what it's like to have a sibling like you wanted i wanted some version of do you know what it's like to i mean it gets reversed because she's telling the niles but i wanted do you ever know what it's like to have a, a really strained relationship with your brother and Pedro goes nope haven't any idea like that is the joke that i wanted because it, it felt drawn out of like I might. I wanted. I, I missed that. Like, couldn't say. Couldn't be me. My brother. You know, my brother's eye is very jealous of me. So I understand. Or some version of that. But I. It took a long time to get that joke out. But I do like the nods to the other to our other world. Yeah. Also, I, I just had a thought. I know you were talking about before how you plan your trips. So it makes sense that you're a director, which like mm-hmm. sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I love details and I love telling people what to do and I love having an opinion and then telling people my opinion. <laughs> I love that. Well, if this revival continues, that'd be cool if you got to direct an episode or would if I would love. or or would you want to write an episode or both or like in one order, one after another or 
Yeah. No. I would have to be, you'd have to be like hired in the room to do that. I'm too close to the show that I could never be in this room. Again, this is like, I have to be invited, first of all, which is hilarious. But I would love to direct an episode. I think that would be, to work with this in that aspect would just be a really, a big dream. If you could direct an episode, and maybe right now we're not going to worry about the characters, the originals (laughs) versus not. We have lost the, I think we at least need to, like, I'm accepting in this before, as I phrase this question to you, that, you know, you don't have the Seattle apartment anymore. We're in Boston. What would be a location for an episode that you would love to direct an episode? Ooh, okay, here we go. Wait, what, what do I, what do I have again? I mean, I think you have, it's, it's present day. Okay. He's not in his Seattle apartment anymore. But we also, all the only places we've really been to, which I, I'm open to other ideas and I'm curious where else we'll go in this series. But right now we've got Harvard, we've got Frazier's apartment, we've got Freddie's apartment, and we have Mahoney's. I think that's it. Yes, we, um, I need to see Fraser Crane. One thing I do want more is we're on episode three and we haven't even touched the fact that he's a firefighter. We met the people, but that's a hard job where you are on call and you're putting out fires. I want to see Fraser Crane going down that fire pole. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see a whole... I mean, we can talk about the Kelsey Freddy relationship. I mean, the Fraser Freddy relationship all day. But what I would love to see is the challenge from Freddy to go be like, "You think my job is so easy? Why don't you put a day in my shoes and we put and we put Fraser as a firefighter for one day? And did he get to see how hard it is? And that's where he and Freddy finally start to see eye to eye on things. I am into that. I also feel like, given that he did like the Ellen style dance on his fourteenth year of Doctor Crane, the show. I could totally have pictured a segment on his show that isn't real where he slides down a fire pole. Sounds great. So you, just before you just mentioned, you know, uh, Freddie and Frasier. Yeah, how are you feeling about sort of their current dynamic? I don't like it, but I will, again, say that writing is, the writers have done a wonderful job. This is a high task. I'm coming at it from a place of, I am a giant fan who's also a TV writer, so I'm being openly very snobby about this. Mm-hmm. I will just preface with that. TV is hard. I I don't like their animosity. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, because when we, when we, in the original one, which is, I'm always going to compare to the original one. They have their issues, but by the end of the pilot, we are on neutral territory. We are starting over. Episode three, Freddie still hates Frasier, and it's not fun to watch them him hate his dad. Yeah. So, you know, if we're going back in time, what I would love is episode two is this fire episode where, you know, Kel- Frasier experiences some fire thing and understands why his job, his son's job is important to him and why he loves it. And perhaps then Freddie sees Frasier work with two firefighters who are emotionally damaged. Like I want them to understand that they can exist in the same world. I just hate how much, how mean Freddie is because the joy of Frasier is him being smug and superior to everybody. And so it's sort of, even Martin, like they, Martin can hold his own with Frazier. And with this, it just feels like Freddie just hates him. And it's just always very mean to him. It's like, that's not fun to watch, you know? Yeah. And also it's a tough bar because I, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I forget and it kind of wasn't really brought up to me. And I didn't think about it until after watching the original Frasier many, many times. Just how tender that show got regarding mm-hmm. like, 
yeah, Frasier and Martin's relationship and just the talks that they would have in the living room and the the dining room. And yeah, I would say the closest they at least tried to get to like a tender, open conversation was, you know, actually, I want to ask you about this because I had my weird feelings about this. In the first episode, you know, there was kind of like a tip my cap to Martin Crane, John Mahoney, where like he whips out the flag, uh, the American flag. I'm curious, would you have done something differently with that sort of homage to John Mahoney? Would you have done that differently? I love that. I think that was actually very nice. A nice way to honor um, them. There was also in one episode... You know what? I don't know if this is possible, but in one episode, we learn that Martin's favorite thing was his badge. So maybe that's something I would have given to Freddie. Oh. Uh, if you remember, you remember that episode where I forget what Frazier thinks he's going to get. He's like, he's going to get something from his dad. And, and he thought he was going to give him his badge. He was like, I'm not going to give that to you. Yes. He'll deprive of my cold, dead hands. And so oh. I would have loved for him to be like, your dad wanted to have his badge. You know what? I take it back. Badge, final answer. Yes. See, you're a TV writer because it was bothering me. <laughs> I don't know what I thought he was going to pull out of that bag or whatever. I thought it was going to be like a letter, but the badge, that would have been a good callback. I would have been very into that. Yeah, because I guess it just seems like he was local Seattle police. And now that I'm thinking about it, you're like, it's pretty aggressive to be given a flat. I don't know how police funerals work, but it seemed like that's something for more who was like a veteran. Wait, was he a veteran? No, he was a police he officer. He was a police officer. He was a police officer. But he didn't like serve in the army. That felt like more of an army a government military position yeah i i similarly do not know what happens at uh police funerals i did not i i didn't know you got the folded up flag so maybe that's why it didn't land for me because i i don't know what happens so something that i am wondering about is that raz i'm i'm feeling i mean obviously we're we're all feeling the absence of all the characters that we new to uh, uh, mm-hmm. watch over and over and love. And I do honestly, genuinely have hopeful feelings. Like I like how spunky Olivia is. I like Alan's uh, sarcastic zingers. But we haven't gotten into dating at all. And like, obviously, you know, I think we're in a good setup where Frazier's divorced for dating. But I really loved Raz and just, you mm-hmm. know, being – to me, I would put her in the same sort of category as, like, a Samantha Jones from Sex and the City, a Blanche mm-hmm. Dubois from Golden Girls. And it's not a bad thing. It's, like, a woman or a per- – yeah, a woman who um, is dating a lot. She's loving it. She's owning it. I kind of feel that right now. I feel that absence. And I'm just – You're miss you you're missing someone fucking. I, I am missing someone fucking. <laughs> Do you miss it? It, I do. It, it feels a. Uh, it, there, it, we are missing this small hole that has a commentary on the social aspect of things about social life and how you know she always she always had a perspective on his social life and would point things out to him and his dating or his marriage. I do think we're missing that because it's not going to come from boss. It will not come from old Alan unless old Alan starts fucking. <laughs> it will not come from his. He will not come from his son or his. Um, socially anxious nephew, and it will not come from the woman with the newborn baby whose husband just died in a fire. So I do not know where we're going to be getting that fucking perspective from. Yeah, like, I also, I'm not, I'm seeing this across all characters right now, which is to bring up and just like that, 
you know, an issue when bringing in new characters sometimes where they don't necessarily have a plot line. It's more of like their everything revolves around that main character, which is Frasier. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of zingers at Olivia Finch's expense about her not having a dating life. I'm really hoping that changes because to me, that joke just gets old. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. She's not. Also, I noticed uh, in one of the Frasier fan groups, they're not everyone, <laughs> but some people were perturbed by Olivia expressing an interest in Freddie. Like, at oh, hated somebody. That. Oh, you did. Can you expand upon that? What? Okay. I was reminding him what her title is. I want to look this up because she's, you know, head of the entire psych department at Harvard and is hitting on this. How old is Freddie to be the gay? Is like 25? No. 30. Sorry. 30, what? like 33. He is not 25. Okay. So Freddie's been out of Harvard for like <laughs> 11 years. That can't be a talking point anymore. <laughs> Um, no, I hate it. I think any, anytime anyone's hitting on anyone relentlessly, I'm like, I don't like this, but they're not equals or like bulldog now is funny, but to have someone in that position of power be hitting on someone you're trying to hire son or like anyone's son in front of them, you're all like, I don't, you don't need this. There are so many people in Boston. (laughs) All right. Well, that maybe that to me, that's a more, at least you explained that because yeah, I would say that debate arose in a in a fan club discussion and it was just like a guy being like i am disgusted by this and i'm like all right okay that's a disgusted i mean he's a 33 year old man not like a i mean i i also know it's weird because it's a weird thing to go from only knowing freddie a is a different uh actor and b as a child child. (laughs) and now he's you know i don't know if you feel comfortable with this but like hunky he's hot as hell yeah. Freddie can get yeah it. He, he's he's hunky and I I think sometimes I don't, I don't always feel this way but sometimes I'm like it's a little bit harder I feel to be hunky and also like hilarious like I'm curious yes. if he has the range Ryan Gosling is somebody that I consider to be hunky with comedic chops. And it's mm-hmm. hard for me to think. And like Channing Tatum's pretty funny too, I think. But like, it's hard for me to think of like hilarious hunks, you know? You either have to be an asshole or you have to be a big loser. There's no in between. Like Channing Tatum, hot. Always funny when he plays a giant loser or an asshole. Ryan Reynolds, hot, funny when he plays a giant loser or Deadpool, a loser. Those are the rules. You So maybe that is why they've made Freddy kind of a dick. But it's also, yeah, it's also kind of odd because we're infantilizing him. Here's this adult man who like lives with a woman who he's not sleeping with and then moves in with his dad but has no girlfriend i honestly in the pilot i thought he was gonna be like dad i'm gay and i'd be like oh yeah. <laughs> okay um but then it was it, there was like no sexual aspect to him at all so he sort of eunuched him yeah and i don't know if that was like on purpose just to like decide what would happen in the future because mm-hmm. I did not see that plot. Like, yeah, I absolutely did not see it coming that he had moved in with a widow. I'm like thinking, is there a plan that they're going to have a will they, won't they? What's the deal with David Crane? I'd be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to have an open mind about David Crane because I know he is son of Niles and 
Daphne and he's, you know, nerdy for sure, calls Fraser uncle, which to me is like equivalent to calling like your mom mother, which I guess mm-hmm. some people do do that, but I don't. Uh, but I would definitely like to see some more personality traits because right now I feel like I'm getting a combination of like all the characters from the Big Bang Theory of just like, I'm very nerdy. I, I, I stumble and that's about it. Like, I, I, I'm repeating myself, listeners, because I mentioned this last week, but I want to know what you think about this. I'd like him to have some Daphne traits. And one of my favorite weird mm-hmm. Daphne traits was that she was psychic. Give me some, like, weird, like, give me more other than him being, like, nerdy and, like, being into going to Harvard and being obsessed with his uncle. Yes. That's what I love. Like, that's day one writer's room. I want to be like, hey, what's his deal? Like, what's he majoring at Harvard? Obviously, he has skills to have gotten in. He must have written at least a hell of an an essay or he excels in some academic way. What is that? But also, what's his major? You know, that's or sorry, what's his concentration? Because Harvard doesn't have majors. Oh, (laughs) I I wouldn't know. I went to a a Brooklyn college uh, in Brooklyn, New York, and I don't really know how it works at Harvard uh, to be. It's a Harvard thing. It's a Har- did you wait? Did you go to Harvard? <laughs> no, but everyone in Hollywood went to Harvard. Oh, I I, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, it's a, it's a thing that um. There's a newspaper that like the Lampoon that is is a what what's it called a feeding shoot whatever. If you work at the Lampoon, a natural segue for your career is to go into writing or TV writing or film writing. Okay. So there's a lot of TV writers who went to Harvard and that part of the jokes about Harvard are surrounded in that, I would imagine. That's interesting. It might be inside baseball because a a joke that I've experienced in my TV writing history is that, you know, when you're in a room full with someone who went to Harvard, the joke is, when are you going to bring up Harvard? And then, Mm. you know, that's, that's something that has always come up in in my writer's room. So that, I don't know. I, now I think about it, maybe that is not a known bit not everyone went to Harvard, but I, I, this is a fun <laughs> fact for me to learn. I didn't realize it's a lot of Harvard in Los Angeles. So one thing I made note of was there have now been two references in this revival of Frasier smelling good. Uh, the mm-hmm. most recent reference was that uh, he smells like sandalwood. So I don't remember any references about him smelling good in the, in, in the, in the original series. Does this feel out of left field for you? Do you feel there's a reason why we're now hearing more than once that he smells good? Why is this being burned into our brains, in your opinion? I don't think it's, in my opinion, I don't think it's a character trait. It is more of just like a joke that came up. Yeah, and I think it's also just like a rich people thing that naturally you just smell good. You don't have to try hard. So that was my angle is like he just smells like sandalwood to to create this character of someone who has it all figured out and all put together. Naturally smell sandalwood. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, I can picture that for him. Though I do wonder, especially, you know, you live in the City of Angels. Is that what it's called? I, I know that from a 30, yes. 30 second to Mars song. It's accurate. <laughs> I have found that some wealthy people that I've been around don't smell that good. So I think it maybe it depends. They've been younger oh. they've been younger people too that Twist. that used more natural deodorants or none whatsoever. So I feel like this probably tracks for him, especially cuz I feel like very accurate you described sort of all of the what is he a mix of in terms of talk show 
hosts. And I could picture all those people that you mentioned smelling good. Yeah, it's also it's also a note to his vanity. Like the people who smell good are the people who try, who just like always be like to go smell good. Their appearance is very important to them. Yes, and that's that's our Fraser. So I I think I I have two more questions for you, and the uh, the second to last one is. For me, I was very hyped when Olivia Finch turns out she's a big Fraser head and not and Fraser refers to her as a craniac. I I'm gonna give a shout out to a, a former uh guest of mine on this podcast, Mr. Josh Gondelman. Hell yeah. Who's the first person that I heard use the word craniac? Is that a word that you've heard before? I mean, like, I'm curious where it came from, that it ended up in the show. I've never heard it. Oh, okay. Just from, the first, just from the episode three, I mean, maybe I had heard it somewhere else, but I can only point it as episode three, I'm a craniac. I'm like, wow, it was just sitting on the table right there in front of us. <laughs> yes, I uh, I was very excited about that. So yeah, I, I have one more question for you, which is, I think this is 10, ep- this is a 10 episode series. We're only three episodes in. What are some things... Now that you know who's in the show, what are what kind of plot lines are you hoping to see coming up in these next seven episodes? We're going to have to have one with Olivia dating. I think that's been yeah. um, hinted at. So we're going to have to do with something about her love life. And she probably will ask Frasier for help. Frasier will probably give her bad advice mm. that may still work out in her favor. We're going to have to have a come to Jesus moment with our Freddie and Fraser where they finally see eye to eye on something. They're going to have to team up for something. I hope that baby goes away. Honestly, <laughs> a baby is hard to write in stories and have them be relevant. And it is such, just from my personal experience, it is so hard to be like, oh yeah, I have a baby. Because people will be like, where's your baby? Like episode three, I'm like, where is your baby? Because last episode, you couldn't get to sleep and you were so tired. And now you're just like hanging out with Freddie. Where's that baby? <laughs> so... That we're gonna we're gonna figure out about that baby, and we have to know more about that friend. My God, if we don't, and then probably at the end of the season there will be a debate of whether either if Fraser moves back to Chicago or um, if he and Freddie do not live together. We're gonna have. I want to hear from Charlotte. We got one line about her, and I like forgot who she was. And I'm like, you have been with this woman for t- 15, 20 years. She gotta come back. And then we also know that Lilith is coming. So what would bring Lilith to town? There has to be because it is multicam, and we are you know at October. There's gotta be a Thanksgiving episode, which is one of the best oh. ones and the reason why Lilith would come in. I just watched the one where they have to get Freddie into that school and then we get to go to Lilith's wow. house and they just keep So I'm gonna guess that there is a Thanksgiving episode and that's where we see Lilith. So those are my those are my uh, those are my predictions. I love that, especially because for me at this moment, I all I want is some kind of dinner party. Uh, and yes. it sounds like, cause I, just before we even hopped on today, I was like, what is going to be the reason for this dinner party? And it seems like Thanksgiving is a, is a very good reason. Sorry to say, I also would love to meet Olivia's sister. And in order to impress her, she asked Fraser to host a dinner party at his very nice apartment or some version, but we got to meet that sister and see what her deal is and see their dynamics. And then that Fraser will have to give advice about sibling rivalry. Please, 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 please. Oh, I miss sibling rivalry. Uh, now, I'm with you on on getting rid of the baby. We, we've seen briefly Mar- <laughs> Margaret Scratcher. I do miss Eddie. I, I don't know. Yeah. A, a cat's not really around. Do you want to see another animal in the mix? That's my last question. Only a dog. I only want a dog. I do not want a baby or a cat. I want a dog. 
I, I support that. And if there is a dog, I probably don't want it to be a terrier. That would be a little too inside, right? Would that be too much? It's got to be a Dalmatian. <gasps> Freddie has to get a Dalmatian. Oh. Fire- he's a firefighter. He has to have a Dalmatian, which I don't even think is a thing, but I think he has to bring, I don't know what kind of dog you can train, but he's like, I got to bring home a Dalmatian. <laughs> uh, well, I personally am looking forward to the next episode coming out. Well, Meredith, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Before I sign off with my class- classic signature line, um, how do you feel about the fact that this new redone toss salad and scrambled eggs song ends with Fraser saying, Beantown, we love you madly? I don't know enough about Boston, so <laughs> if that's a saying, then Godspeed. Also, I think I have watched them in binging, so I don't know if I got the end of that. I'm like, wait, what? Because I think this is news to me, or maybe I was like on my phone at the end, <laughs> rolling the credits. But anytime Kelsey is singing, sign me up, baby. His voice still sounds smooth like butter, and I have one critique for you, Paramount Plus, which is that I don't like that it like basically skips you to the next episode before you can finish watching the little vignette at the end. Yes. So that I don't like that. And you need to fix that, Paramount Plus. <laughs> and with that, uh, Meredith, thank you so much for joining the podcast once again. Thank you for listening. And until next time, good night, Seattle. <laughs>